So, I want to get started tonight, because like I said, I've got a couple of things that I want to talk about. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I started this whole, it, it was supposed to be three messages about what we can learn from the Apostle Paul and him being shipwrecked. And, and so what we talked about that first week is how we need to be able to, to believe that storms in our lives position us to do great things, right? Because one of the things that we've seen in our church is, is God has just been dealing with stuff. God, I don't know any other way to put that. You got anything, Pastor Josh? That's a good way to put that. It's just dealing with stuff. Maybe it's stuff that we've been needing to deal with for a while, right? And, and God's been doing that because here's what I believe. I believe that God does that to position us to do great things. And we see that in scripture. We see, again, I talked about David had to be a shepherd before he was a giant slayer. And I talked about how we even think about the disciples that were involved in planning the, the church and starting the church and, and spreading the gospel. And, and uh, it all started because they needed to be in ministry with Jesus, right? They were so jacked up that they needed Jesus to pour into them for a couple of years before they could start the church. And and so I believe that that's a natural pattern of Scripture. You know, we see in the Great Commission, God, Jesus told the disciples to start at home. And it started with the disciples. It started at home, and then it went out. And so if we're ever going to really do anything great in the church, it has to start here. Amen? And so we've been seeing the Spirit of God, but it's not even just that he's been wanting to deal with stuff. We've seen him healing people. We've seen him setting people free from addictions. We've seen God's Spirit has just been so powerful in this place on, on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. We've just been seeing God do some amazing things, some things that we've been praying would happen for a while now, and I think it took our hearts to get to a certain place. And so basically what we can learn from this lesson is sometimes we need the storm to position us. Amen? And so this was supposed to be three consecutive messages, but we had a little interruption in the middle of this. And by interruption, I do mean little. We had a five-and-a-half-pound baby girl. And I want to introduce you to Lila Joy. That's Lila Joy. I know. Uh, I wish she would sleep like that. The pictures. You ever look at pictures and just be like, I wonder if there are lice like that. Nope. So that's not even a real floor. It's not even a real floor. So we welcomed Miss Lila Joy. And, you know, I was nervous about having two kids. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it's been pretty easy. Judah loves his sister, and he's, he's just kind of taken to her. He, he's, he started being a protector. When she cries, he comes in there, and, you know, he, he thinks he's patting her. He's actually slapping her in the face. Um, and so it, it happens. But you know what? He, he, he loves her, and that's important to me. He, he wasn't jealous or, or weird about it. He loves her straight from the start, and then she loves him. Every time he's around, she's just following him, eyes on him, strong. And so I'm really happy about that. But I tell you, the hard thing is I know that in two years, I'll have another two-year-old. You know? Can I get an amen for the parents? I'll have another two-year-old, and two-year-olds can... Uh, be trying, to say the less. 
But um, I want to recap just because it has been a couple of weeks. We see Paul. He's on a boat as a prisoner. He's with a bunch of other prisoners. They're caught in a great storm. And the text actually says that at one point they had lost all hope. And so we see Paul. He, he, he starts to talk to the men, and he has a vision. Do you all remember that? It was found in verse twenty or chapter 27. So let's head back over there and just pick up the tail end of that. We're going to start in verse uh, 21. It says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You could tell that Paul is a pastor. If you would have, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Come on, somebody. God says, you won't go down in this storm because I have a greater purpose for you. And so, so he tells Paul, you're not going to go down in this storm. And then what's more, God and his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, men, for I believe God. And here's where my sermon was based off last week. It will happen just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. I'm going to pray over tonight's message because I really have the preach on me. I really believe that it's for somebody. If, it, if it's not necessarily for somebody in this room, then it's going to be for somebody that you're going to minister to. And so I believe strongly in what God's given me tonight. So I just want to pray over it. Father God, I pray that the words tonight come out just as you've given them to me. Lord, I pray... For, for these people, God, you've been doing such a great thing in our church, and I pray that it's continued. I pray that it's never forgotten. And God, I just, I look forward to what you're going to do. Thank you that your spirit and your power has been in this place, and we know that it's going to be in this place, and we have greater things ahead. In your holy name I pray, amen. So we're looking at how God uses these storms to position us. And so... I started thinking about my son, Judah. And uh, first off, I want to say, I love my son. I talk about my son a lot from up here, and it's because I love him. But he's just like me. And here's the thing. He's a pastor's kid. And so as a pastor's kid, he's going to be sermon illustration for probably a great part of his life, and especially right now, because he doesn't know any better. So I can, I can use this stuff, but he's in the stage where he is super curious, and he's into everything. If y'all have seen him running around, he's into everything. I love Miss Judy, because every Sunday he comes in like a tornado into her room right after service, and she's always like, hey, Judah. And I'm like, I'm so glad you love him. I just want to trip him. And so... um <laughs> You know, but he's super curious. He gets into everything. And I've also started noticing that he's, he's like saying, what's that? What is that, Daddy? What's that noise? What's that noise? Just super curious. But I also have seen that he's starting to say no a lot, right? No. Um, and so I remember as a kid, I used to get infuriated 
when my parents would tell me no and they wouldn't give me any reason. And so I try to sit down with him and I try to tell him the reasons and and why I tell him to do certain things and don't do certain things, right? And for the most part, I think that works. But there's just sometimes where I'm like, don't do that. And he looks at me and my son's not the type of person where he's like, no. He looks at me and he goes, nope, nope. And so... Being the godly father that I am and, and full of wisdom and full of grace, I've learned that I can't choke him. Amen? Um, I can't choke him. So what I've started doing is I've just been like, when he says no, I'll just I'll kind of walk away and I'll be like, <sighs> and so, but I'm also a big nerd, right? And uh, sometimes I, I, I channel my inner Darth Vader and I'm just like, I'm your father. And so what happens is when I do that, we all get a big laugh, and and, uh, Judah doesn't get killed. I don't go to jail. And uh, he gets his reasoning for why he should or shouldn't do what I say. But come on, oftentimes we're like my son. We want the reasoning. We want to know the reasoning. We want that reasoning because I feel like it helps us. It helps us understand stuff, and, and maybe it makes stuff easier. I don't know that it does, but it seems to, right? But, but listen, lean in for just a second. If, if you're taking notes, write this down. Just, just, or if you're not, just dwell on it. Let this kind of be the, the mindset over the next couple of minutes. You can spend only so long thinking about the why and why you're in a situation before it becomes counterproductive. Some of the stuff that we experience, we try to understand too soon. Some of the stuff that we go through, we, we, try, to, we try to understand it too soon, and, and, and we try to label it too soon because I feel like if we, if we label it or we understand the reason why, then we understand that there's a purpose in it. And so what I'm trying to, to, to do to you guys is, is help us understand that we don't always need the reason we don't always need the why to understand that there's a purpose in it. Um, you know, oftentimes when we go through stuff and we get further along down the road and we can kind of look back on some stuff, we see that there was a purpose. We understand that it had to happen, right? We understand why it happened. And, and it, you know, it, I don't know that it necessarily makes it easier, but I know in my life I can look back at, at stuff that I've been through and I'm, I'm like, okay. Um, all right, you know, I get it. It, it sucked, but I get it. And uh, <laughs> as we look back at that stuff and we, we kind of we start to have some wisdom about it and we start to see that sometimes it had to happen. And I know that a lot of the times the question is, wait a second, it had to happen? As in like it was unavoidable? This story that we've been reading about and what we're going to read about tonight was unavoidable for Paul. It had to happen. And it wasn't the only thing that had to happen. And we'll see that as we get, get more into it. But we also look at Jesus and, you know, we know that Jesus could have came down off the cross. But we also know that in order for him to, to be resurrected, he had to die. It had to happen. And in order for our sins to be forgiven, he had to be resurrected. It had to happen. It was unavoidable. And so 
we have scripture to look back on now and we can see the good that came came from it but sometimes it's hard when you're going through it to to see the good and uh, to be able to say it, it has to happen right um so what i've kind of noticed and the tendency is that we are asking this difficult question if god could have stopped the storm and saved the men why didn't he we know that God can speak to the storm and, and say, stop. You know, so, so why, if God can do that, why was the storm not stopped? Now, the angel told Paul that you'll be spared and all the men will be spared, but you'll be shipwrecked. But he, he, he could have just stopped the storm, right? And uh, so we asked that question, why didn't he just stop the storm? And there's this tension that builds and uh, the tension is, why did we have to go through it? Amen? Ha- has anybody ever been there? Has anybody ever just been in a place where you're like, why do I have to go through this? Like, like God, I'm praying for healing. Why, why haven't I been healed yet? God, I did everything that I could in my marriage, and it still fell apart. And God, I did everything I could, and my kids are not serving you. But let me tell you, God can move in those storms. Amen? So, we want a reason because the reason makes us feel like there's a purpose and we can come out stronger. But we don't need a reason, we need a revelation. You know, Paul, Paul he came to them and, and he said, you know, if you would have listened to me, none of this would have happened. But then he followed it right up with, take courage, we'll be spared, you know, and then I can almost feel Paul being like, well, we'll be shipwrecked, you know, he's like, take courage, man, you're going to have your life, but we're going to lose the ship, um, and, and listen, Paul says, it will happen, I have faith in my God, and I have a revelation that it sees reason, why is this happening but I have a revelation that it sees my reason. And what I've noticed about reasons is if we live our lives looking only for the reasons and wanting only the reasons, then our faith will only take us so far. Because sometimes we don't have the reason, and that's where our faith will rise up, and it'll build something up in us to where we can be able to say, okay, man, listen, I know that I'm going to make it, I know that this may suck, but I'm going to make it. And uh, when we're in a difficult season and we encounter someone in a difficult season, the reason is not as important as the response, right? The response of the person and the response of their faith, man, if we could build this up, if we could get this, the response is a lot more important than the reason because the reason gives us kind of a sneak peek at what's going to happen. But, but the revelation just tells us, hey, just know, just have faith. Things are going to be good. There's a purpose in this storm. There's a, there's a purpose in what you're going through. So let's fast forward. We see that they were shipwrecked and they landed on an island named Malta. few things you need to know about Malta. When I read about Malta, I saw that Malta equals refuge. And so I did a word study on the word Malta, 
to see what it actually meant. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't reading this wrong. And what I found from a quick googs is that there's actually no word for Malta. The closest word that we have for it means the land of honey. And some of you guys that's been in church for a while will know that that the promised land was called the land of milk and honey. And so we see that that this this island gives the the idea that this is going to be a refuge and, and this place of honey, that sounds great. If I'm going to get shipwrecked, let me be shipwrecked there, right? But Luke is careful to let us know that it was rainy and cold, it was unfamiliar, and the people didn't speak the same language. It's probably pretty weird. So that's just kind of a little bit about Malta, and I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to put the And so we see this little island of Malta. I could preach about Malta for a long time, but let's just say Malta is a place that that sometimes we find ourselves, but we don't necessarily want to go, right? It's cold, and it's rainy, and it's unfamiliar, and and the people didn't speak the language. But I want to tell you guys, again, your response matters. Let's look at verses 3 through 5 in chapter 28. Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire when a poisonous snake, some translations actually say a viper driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But, but, Your response matters. Paul didn't say anything. He did something. And and it's funny, Pastor Josh, you'll get a good kick out of this because I y'all don't know this about Pastor Josh. He's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Huge Taylor Swift fan. Like posters. Gets a little weird sometimes, but he's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um but Taylor Swift wrote a song and and it reminds me of this verse, right? And 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 it says, The haters gonna hate. Because the people of Malta was like, oh, this guy's a murderer. Like, he, he, he survived the storm, but he's going to die from that snake bite. But uh, let's, let's re- read what, what inspired Taylor Swift to write her song in verse 5. Paul shook off the snake. Sometimes you just got to shake it off, right? Am I going to have to sing it for you guys? Am I gonna, I, I, Josh wants me to sing it because he loves it. 
he loves Taylor Swift. I'm not going to give in to him. Um, I'm a better Christian, and so I'm not going to sing Taylor Swift in church. But Paul shook it off. And then there's a, there's a word. He doesn't have a mic tonight. Praise God. It says he was unharmed. He knew that he was going to be able to shake the snake off and walk away unharmed. Why? Because God had already told him, you're not going to die on this island. You're going to Rome. You know, and so he had the revelation that it doesn't matter what happens to me. What happens to me is that I know that nothing that happens to me on Malta is going to keep me from going to Rome. I love Larry. Thank you, Larry. Larry's going to bring it out of me. We don't need a reason. We need a revelation. It had to happen to Paul because God wasn't done. The snake wasn't going to hurt Paul. When he shook it off, he was going to walk away unharmed. It had to happen because God had a purpose and a plan for him. Now, I talked about how during this storm... If it would have just blew a little bit more to the right, they would have ended up in Italy and been able to go to Rome. Y'all want to see the real reason Paul was in Malta? Let's look at verse 7. Y'all got, y'all got some time? Y'all want to know? Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius. For some of y'all who might be looking for a name, he's going to grow up strong because he's going to get beat up a lot in school. The chief official of the island, Publius was the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Now I got to ask, how many of y'all know what Oregon Trail is? You know, you know where I'm going? You done died of dysentery, right? You hated getting that screen. I remember I used to skip class and go to the library. I used to be like, man, now I got to go back to class because I'm not starting this game over again. I caulked my ship and and tried to float down the river. I made it over that only to die of dysentery. Some of y'all don't know about Oregon Trail. Y'all go look it up later. But Paul went in and prayed for him, laying his hands on him. He healed him. And then the other sick people on the island came and all... Of them were here. Let me let me read that again, verse nine. Then all somebody say all. all. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. It had to happen to Paul. <laughs> I was reading this and I started thinking, I'm like, God didn't provide Paul with Malta. God provided Malta with Paul. And so some of us need to look and, and, and realize that that the storm could have blown Paul to where he was going, right? The, the storm could have done that, but they ended up in Malta because there was a purpose in Malta. And I got to believe that when you come and you see all of your, your sick healed, that there's something going to happen. Like some people are going to be like, hey, I want to hear about this guy. I want to hear about the Jesus that empowered you to do this. I want to hear about the Jesus that that empowered you to live through a storm. I want to hear about the Jesus that that through all the, the things that had to line up perfectly, you came to Malta so that I didn't have to plan a funeral for my father, so that all the people, revival started to break out. 
So why is this story in the Bible? Because we had to be able to see that God uses storms to position us to go to Malta. I want to ask you all, guys, if, if you'll just come forward tonight. We're going to pray.